You're listening to your terrible podcast. Hey, podcast. You are listening to your podcast. <laughs> That's to your. You are listening to the Tableau podcast. Welcome, 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 welcome to the Tableau podcast. Thank you for joining us again today. Uh, we're going to talk about whatever the hell we want to talk about today. Yeah. Bold. <laughs> so a lot of you are struggling, judging from your DMs. Um, a lot of you are worried about like the future and what you're doing and if you're going in the right direction. There's something you want to do, but you're too scared to do it or like, you know, uh, you don't know, like you don't know how to start. And here's the thing. Just do it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's the only way to start. And that's why Nike's slogan is so on point. Because like, yeah, you, you, it, that's how it begins. You got to just take the first step. That's why a lot of writing classes begin with stream of consciousness exercises. Right? Not because anything good comes out of stream of consciousness. Okay, it's not because that's the best way to write. It's because you literally just need to have a pencil or pen in your hand, or like you need to be at a typewriter or like a computer or like just anything that you can, you know, blurt out words with and just start putting something down. That's how it begins, right? Like you can't run. Until you take a first step. Here's the thing. Like criticism is very difficult. Right? Like. But you're right. It's because of social media. Um, I'm not saying like all of it is because of social media. But like. You know how it's become so easy for creatives. To do stuff now. Because we have like SoundCloud. We have like Spotify. Instagram to post yeah, photos. We have every platform possible. Where you can get your work out to a bunch of different people. Even if, if, even if it's like 50 people. That's still much easier than long time ago when we had none of this. And like literally you can make a song and you play it for like two friends. And even that's a chore, right? It's become so easy to get your music or your artwork or like your writing or your photos out. But it's also become that much easier for everyone to comment on it. For literally everyone to become a critic. And um, the unfortunate thing… See, I, I used to hate critics. Like back in the day. Um, like music critics. Right? Because like, you know, that's what artists do. They hate critics. They hate art critics. Um, even… If they're praising you, right? Because you you want to tell yourself that they, they just don't get it. Like these people are, you know, their job is to comment on other things that people made. Um, here's the thing. As I became more mature in my uh, work, like I realized that critics are important, right? Like we need criticism, um, not just for the art to get better, but for audiences to be able to navigate through like the flood of content um, to to find something that's for them. And critics help that navigation. And my respect for critics has grown. Like, and what I mean by critics, I mean like, like the Roger Eberts, right? And my respect for them has uh, increased 
because with the age of social media, some people really think they're a critic. They're like a legitimate, like professional critic yeah. just by having a Twitter, right? Which I'm not going to say you're not, right? Like it, you know, criticism, like art criticism or whatever criticism isn't like this sacred profession where like, you know, you need to be like ordained into it. That's not what I'm saying. Um, but, you know, everything has a level of like professionalism that is required. And um, like if you have a Twitter account and you're just like posting a, like your, you know, takedown of everything. And because you have some followers who are like, you know, retweeting it or liking it or agreeing with you. It doesn't make you a professional critic. You know what I mean? It, like it doesn't make your voice any more legitimate than anyone else. Yeah. And the problem is a lot of people because it's become so easy to criticize and it's become so easy to comment. Um, literally think of it as like a profession. Like they think that they, they are now like this ordained critic. And… They feel like they need to comment on every single thing that is out there. And, and because of that, you know, a lot of hopes and dreams get crushed before they, be, they manifest into anything, right? Like some kid who could end up becoming like an incredible um, cartoonist, for example. You know, it all has to begin with a doodle, right? So this kid draws a doodle, he puts it up and people are like, yo, this… This drawing is whack. <laughs> yeah, look at the lines, dude. Yeah. Dude, get an iPad. Get an Apple Pencil or something. Your colors suck. You know? Yeah. Uh, for and he's never going to be able to do it. <laughs> okay, so if anyone asks me for like criticism on something that they made. Yeah. And if they ask me, I will tell them. Like, how, like are you going to be okay with the fact that I'm going to be very honest about it? Um… And then I tell them my honest advice. And it's usually about whether it's empirically good or bad. <laughs> you know? Yeah. From a very subjective point of view. Yeah. But at least empirical and absolute for me. Right? And I will tell them this is just a bad song. Or this is fucking wonderful. <laughs> right? I, I will have… I will be very extreme on either side. Yeah. And the thing is… And then if they get upset, I tell them… Never ever ask me for advice again. Right? Because <laughs> this is exactly how I'm going to tell it to you. Yeah. Like this is the type of person I am. And going back to what I was saying about like, you know, social media and stuff. See, I'm just like that too. Right? Like when I see something, I will either be like, oh my God, this is the greatest fucking thing ever made. This is the greatest show ever. Or I will be like, this show sucks. <laughs> Right? Yeah. I'm just like that as well. Yeah. Right? And of course, because, you know, I, I have a lot of people following me, I'm not going to be posting all of my thoughts. But if I was, you know, I mean, it's, I'm saying it's fine for you to have an opinion about everything. And it's fine for your opinion to be harsh sometimes. Right? But what I'm saying is more so like if, you're, you're somebody that's trying to start off and trying to test the waters, right? 
don't go into places like Twitter and Instagram and then search yourself and find criticism. Oh, yeah, that's to true. To be too. hurt by. Yeah. Right? Because, like I said, it's okay for people to have strong opinions, right? You can't stop that. That's the way humans are. And honestly, even if it hurts you, sometimes they're right, right? But whether or not you let that criticism into your life, Mm-hmm. And let it affect you and crush you is totally up to you, right? So if you're not good with like explicit, direct um, criticism, don't ask for it. Don't search for it, right? But if you're good with that, like if you're fine with that, because um, I'm pretty okay with that. Like someone will like say a soul crushing thing to me and I will look at it and I will want to like, I will want to flying jump kick him or her. But um, at the same time, I'll look at what they said and be like, hey, you know, there are there is some truth to that. And maybe I can learn from this. Maybe I can make this better so that this person, um, you know, it doesn't matter to me whether or not this person's on board. But maybe this person will like think differently once they see like how much better I can do. Mm-hmm. Right? If If you're in that kind of… If you're like me, then yeah, open yourself to the criticism. But don't go out there and like literally search your name and try to find criticism about it. Yeah. You know what? In hindsight, maybe my way of critiquing is actually more harsh because now I'm getting into like minute details for like things I like didn't think it worked. It's like yeah, a laundry list of why like this didn't work, this didn't work. Because you could be work. like, you could be like, what is your intention with this? And that will crush some people. No, pe- just I, that, I've had very defensive people. Just in that group. question. Yeah, will be like, what am I intending? What is she asking me? Oh my god, I intended nothing with this. What do I? What do I say? <laughs> like, oh my gosh, she knows. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) Nothing I'm saying here should be like nothing I'm saying or Diane's saying should be like a Bible for this. Mm -hmm. But what I'm saying is, you know, like, yeah, like social media has made it very easy for like all these critics to pop up. But you still do have control over how much of that you let it like get to you, right? Mm -hmm. And please don't, don't search your name. Like don't intentionally go into the comments. Um, you know, just post something and just turn off the comments sometimes, I guess. Yeah. Like you don't need everyone's… What I'm… Okay. So basically in conclusion, what I'm trying to say is… You don't need literally everyone's opinion on your drawing. You don't. There are certain people that you do need criticism from. Yes. And those are either professional critics that, that, you know, are really good at their jobs. I'm not talking about the ones that are just mean. But uh, either professional critics or people's, people with tastes that you respect. Yes. Okay? Whether or not that taste agrees with you. Yes. Um… If you respect their opinion, get their opinion. But don't just throw out a net and start getting the opinions of a bunch of people 
who don't care about you at all. Okay, these pe- some of these people care about their comment on your work way more than your work. Yeah. So don't give them currency. Yeah. It's that simple. The thing is with anonymous critics <laughs> like online, yeah. There's no way to know whether or not they they have actual like knowledge of what they're talking about. I'm assuming if they're anonymous, they don't. Yeah, and <laughs> what the problem is a lot of people will look at like a bad comment and be like hurt by it because they think they don't know whether that person has like a legitimate view or not. You know, and everyone seems like a professional online, right? They all talk like they know what they're talking about. But most of the time they're and sometimes they're just writing a comment. They they and they'll forget about it like immediately. They'll just write the comment. They'll like this sucks. They'll be like lame. And they won't know. Yeah. A friend of mine who's a musician in Korea, okay. So his album came out. And this was a while back, but he, his album came out and it got um it got reviewed, right? On some site or something. And it got like like one and a half stars or something. And um, he's like, he was going crazy about it. Calling me up like, the fuck? Like, the hell does this person know about music? That he's shitting on like something I worked on so like for a year. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. Doesn't know, like if you think he doesn't know anything about music or doesn't know what the hell he's talking about or doesn't know you, then just ignore it, man. Like, it's okay. And then I hung up. And uh, he didn't ignore it. He 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 somehow got the number no. of the critic guy. Uh. Called him and just went nuts. Was like, it's like, tell me why, like why, one and a half stars. Why, why not even three? Like what, like what was the problem with it? Oh, like, his review didn't have like an explanation. It was just like the stars. Yeah, well, he's one of those critics just. That writes bad reviews just so that he gets, you know, press for feedback. It. Yeah. And I'm like, and then he tells me that he did this, and I'm like, dude, you gave him exactly what he wanted. You gave him authority and power and like attention. And not only attention from anyone else, he he got it from like the source. He got it from the artist, dude. And now he's gonna continue to start shitting on he's gonna continue to shit on artists, hoping that he gets a call back, right? And you've opened the floodgates for this guy. Now he's just going to provoke artists to get a phone call. And why'd you do that? Like you, you told me you don't have any respect for this guy's opinion. And you just gave him the biggest respect ever. Like mad respect for yeah. his opinion. <laughs> right? And, and, he, and eventually that critic did start shitting on a lot of artists. Like he, he went like way harsher than before. And also shit on one of our albums as mm-hmm. well. But like I really don't care because like literally no one cares about that guy's opinion. <laughs> right? Yeah. So why give him a power trip that he will abuse? Right? It'll just make it worse for someone else. Right? That's what I'm saying. And um, for no reason at all as we're talking about this. Um, do you want to talk about like some Korean dramas? <laughs> Speaking of opinions, <laughs> uninformed opinions with uh, no background okay, or authority. Okay, here's the thing. Yeah. I 
haven't seen many Korean dramas. Neither have I. In my life. Uh, I can literally name… I can count them on my fingers. Okay? And I I can't fill up both hands. Yeah. And Diane… I've had this discussion with her over the phone. And Diane hasn't either. And so… Speaking of uninformed… Like… No… We have… We're like not in a position to speak with any authority at all about Korean dramas. And why not? There, there are a lot I like, but very few I finished all the way through. Let me start off by saying, you know how Parasite was like internationally acclaimed, okay? Swept the Oscars. When I first saw Parasite, the first thing I said um, to the people I was watching it with, I was like, this is like a perfect rendition of a Korean drama. Like, mm. This is what I imagine what a Korean drama could be if uh, if someone w- was allowed to have like a singular vision and execute it, and they weren't harassed by like the the like net- network, the network politics, and like you know, put this random scene of a of a coffee machine. <laughs> Spewing out is sponsored certain, by Nespresso. Yeah, a sponsored espresso in the middle of <laughs> a, a critical discussion about like life and death. You're telling me that Parasite movie wasn't sponsored by a ketchup packet? Hey, <laughs> chapaguri. Yo, but that's what I was. That's what I said. Like I was like, this movie is Parasite is obviously awesome, and I'm like, because it's like a it's like a Korean drama, mm-hmm. right? It's about families. Social and, dynamics. Yeah, social dynamics and like the intrigue within it. Um, but executed perfectly, right? So technically, every Korean drama, if executed perfectly by by a master, by like an auteur, right? Could be pretty amazing. Yeah, because right? the premises are always like crazy and interesting. Yeah, and I think the fact that, you know, Korean dramas are pretty big in America. Yeah. Right? And with like the whole like you know subtitled Korean dramas boom everywhere. Um, I think in a way, um, Western audiences were primed for this perfect execution. I think they were like they were being primed for it, and um, this this movie came out, and people were like, "Oh my god, this is like they were able to identify with it a little bit mm. because of the work." Of some Korean dramas, right? And the Korean dramas I've seen that I love because I only keep watching if I love it. Same. I, I drop out after like the first three episodes. Yeah, if it's not holding. Oh, me. you're you're very le- like lenient. You're very uh, gracious. I won't even wait. Yeah, I'll I'll watch five minutes, and if the cinematography like or something is like wrong, I can't keep watching. But the ones I've seen have been great. Like recently, most recently was a drama called Stove League. It was a baseball drama. Ooh. Well, not really baseball. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's about uh, like… Uh, so Stove League is the period in between the seasons where you have to rebuild the team. So it's about this guy who rebuilds a team from like the worst team to the best team. Right? In like… And all the politics involved in it. And it's just… It was just really… Um, really well written. 
right? There's no love line. There's no like typical things like typical typical trappings of a of a Korean drama, mm-hmm. right? Um, there are elements, but um, there's no love line, and it it's still like just across the board kept people enthralled. Yeah, and it was just so well done to the point where I actually bought like merch. <laughs> I bought a hat from like the the fictional team yeah. on there because I loved it so much. That was one drama that I I loved recently. What was the most recent Korean drama you loved? Oh gosh. That I watched all the way through. Mm-hmm. That's really hard for me to watch all the way through. Um you can't name a single one. No, Sky I, Castle. Have you seen Sky Castle? No, I wanted to. Everyone was talking about it when it came out. My um you I can't really believe you didn't watch, watch Sky it. Castle. Because it was unbelievable. Isn't it good. just like Korean succession in a way? It's Dude. about these like elite families trying to get their kids into succession like… Succession is the American Sky, Sky Castle. Castle, okay? <laughs> succession is great. I love that show, but it's yeah. the HBO Sky Castle. Yeah. Okay, that- Sky Castle is amazing. No, I need to watch that. I really like… It's good up till the last episode. The last episode is just… <laughs> The last episode just takes yeah. takes the whole holy grail and just takes a leak <laughs> in it. I liked um, Reply 88. Oh, that was good. The, I, that whole Reply series was good. Yeah. Um, 88 specifically, I really liked. Uh, especially the character introduction scene uh, for, the, for the pilot. I love pilots. Like I love, love, love studying pilots because I love seeing how people establish characters in the setting. Yes. Um, because that's hard. It's yes. hard to do succinctly without it being like extra and like you're just waiting to get to the actual story. Even bad pilots have something you can learn from. Yeah. But um, this isn't spoiler because it's literally like the first like 15 minutes of the show. But it's the whole like the kids going to each other's houses with the food. That like each parent wants to give to the other family. Mm-hmm. And so you immediately know like everyone's relationship and each family's different like atmosphere for that. I really mm-hmm. like that scene. Oh, okay. I haven't seen that. Oh, I just spoiled it? Uh, yeah. You, you just you <laughs> ruined it for me. Oh, yeah. Right. You should watch. I loved how it was shot too. It was, it yeah. was beautifully shot. It was… That show was beautifully shot. Um, And yeah. I just really liked um the dialogue too. It wasn't super… um. What it was it? more realistic. It was right? realistic and it was very minimal. Yeah. It was just like you just got the nuance and the subtext of how these families worked with each yes, other. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'll definitely… Uh, you know, I've seen some of them. Yeah. I think and, you should just at least watch the first episode. And I actually um, was uh, responsible for one of the OSTs, like the soundtrack, to… I think it was Reply 88 actually. Really? Yeah. You know the Oh Hyuk uh, Sonya? song that was like the biggest hit on that thing yeah i i was the one who like put that out so um so i have heard your music (laughs) i saw bits of reply 88 but the thing is i i couldn't that whole series you know i love i love the idea of it and and the execution but i wasn't able to watch it all the way through Mm -hmm. because i keep getting sad really yeah like um because it's a period I was a part of. Not 88 because I was too young. I was like a little baby baby basically. But yeah. like 
like 94 and stuff like that. Oh, the series. Yeah, the, like yeah. Uh, the other years. Like I, I'm, you know, it's like a, it's like a period piece that I, I was a, I was a human being for. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's not like we're, um, we're not watching like the 80s, like, like Wall Street or something. Yeah. You know, I'm like watching like 94 in Seoul. And I was here. Yeah. And I remember this or like, you know, 98 or whatever. And it just makes me really sad that like we're looking at it through like a screen as if it's like this far away time. Yeah, and it's never <laughs> coming back. And I just start crying and like hating my life. I don't know. If you look at the hair, I don't know if you want him to come back. Yeah. <laughs> and then I look at some of my pictures from that period and I'm like fine again. I'm like, like you know what? I'm like, moving on. <laughs> Have you seen Signal? I, I've seen the photos You have for to it. watch Signal. If you're pitch in, it to me right now. Elevator okay. pitch. Signal. Got it. Is like frequency. Um, so they talk, they, there's like a walkie talkie and it goes off one day and then they are talking to someone in the past, right? Mm-hmm. But it's a, it's a cop talking to a cop and they're trying to solve actual unsolved crimes. Oh, I saw the trailer for this. That happened yes. in real life in Korea. Oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. And like these huge unsolved cases, right? And so uh, uh, the police in the present working with police in the past, right? And it is incredible. And it's also episodic. It's like an American TV show in the way that it's episodic, right? Where like you can… Every episode is like a different case. But it's so… It it was so well done to the point that season 2 is coming out. Oh wow. And like multiple seasons for shows is rare in Korea. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I saw and the trailer for it's it. It's really good. And one of the lead actors like I had… I ended up having like dinner um, seated at the same table with him. And I was just like… Because you know it's one of the few Korean dramas I, I like voraciously watched. Right. Yeah. So I'm like… I'm like dude you got to do season 2. Which is like… I met him for the first time and I was like… <laughs> It's like, dude, do season. He's like, he's like, oh, I, I tableau like I'm, I'm before he even you know. finishes sentence. Yeah. You're like season two. I'm like, yo, season two. <laughs> you gotta do season two, please, for me. Um, but anyways, you gotta see that. That's it is really done. I'm really I, done. <laughs> really well done. Yeah, I okay. The thing you need to know about me, tableau, is that uh, a lot of the time for TV, I nowadays, nowadays as like I'm. "Quote unquote older," I look for stress relief, and so oh, this I, is not stress inducing. It's not. Well, when the case is solved, <laughs> it feels great. <laughs> it feels great. <laughs> so there's a payoff there. Okay, cool. I that's why I always saw um, not when I was younger because my mom always watched the craziest, like the most depressing K dramas. Um, K some K dramas. Are so oh, sad. We'll, we'll push you into the deep end. Yeah, I uh, I was like, Mom, you feeling certain type of way? You okay? You they, good? They they're just watching. Okay, so a lot of moms watch. Well, I'm not trying to stereotype all moms. Yes, right. But the moms I've seen um, <laughs> ha- are either watching to cry. Yeah. Or to just constantly like curse at them. 
to yell at the screen. Yeah. Right? Like they… So I asked once. I was like, you do realize that this show is terribly made. Like the script is like… It just makes… It feels like it was written like as they were shooting it. And they're like, it was written as they were shooting it. Like we do know it's horrible. But that's why we're watching it. Because it's fun to just… Just talk crap about it. I kind of love that too. I'll say it. Okay. I'll watch certain things with it's like, like a guilty friends. pleasure. It's not even guilty pre- pleasure. It's just literally like it's fun. To, it's like fun to watch with friends to just like talk shit about. Okay, it. you know what drives me the craziest about Korean? A lot of Korean dramas. Uh huh. But this is about like soap operas in general in any country, really. Yes. But what drives me insane also in American sitcoms. Okay, it's mm. not. The content. It's when um, you have a scene with more than like two, three people. And they're all like gathered in the living room. And because of the camera, the framing, like they all stand like this, like together. Like, like to the stage, in front a, of stage, yeah, they, like a play. They all, like two people here and two people here, like kind of turned so that you can see all of them. And they're standing there and having this really serious discussion about like something really horrible or something and that it drives me insane it's the I, curse of the multicam that's the moment i can i can't watch it anymore yeah. right and i'm like when ever do people stand like that when discussing the death of of a family member how are they standing in in perfect v. symmetry <laughs> like a like a flock of seagulls and i it drives me insane that i i have to Some change the channel i i, I can't watch it anymore like remember like like even friends right friends multicam yeah they're blocked like the the blocking they're all like sitting in this Way where no one's sitting on this side, like nobody's sitting on this side. Come on. Well, because those are run like plays, yeah, like a theater production, and so thing. that's why um, those are dead in states now. Okay, even at a play, I can't stand it. <laughs> I used to love going to see plays. Yeah. And I stopped because like I was like, "Are you are you playing with me? Like, <laughs> are you serious? You're just gonna you're gonna stand there like that." Looking, facing each other while also showing me your the side of your face. Thank you. I the visibility is great, but in this moment of incredible fear and pain, you're standing there in perfect symmetry. You know, you know what? There's a venue in a Broadway theater venue in New York City that I think you would like. I forgot the name of it. Where I can stand to the side of the stage and the no. Back of the so stage. basically, the stage is the center of the room, and yes. seats are all around 360. And so, yeah, the actors will have their back to you at certain points, but that's just like where you're sitting. How about I think sitting? I'm, yeah, I think that's what I need. Like because that blocking, like the the. <laughs> I don't know. It just drives me insane every time I see it. Like, Hejangi loves dramas, right? So she's always watching. And, and anytime, like, I, that's why, like, I watched, like, Signal and Stove League and Sky Castle because that didn't happen because they didn't, sh- they, they sh- shot on location, right? 
But anytime like a set's there because of the cameras, there's, you know, you have to stand that way, I guess. Mm -hmm. But do you? I mean, like, <laughs> really? Yeah. You're really gonna stand there like that, two by two and three by three and four by four, like in perfect V formation. So I can see all of your faces. Like, do I really need to see all of your faces right now? Can I just look at the person that's talking and crying and throwing the throwing the kimchi at the person's face? Like, can I just come on? Yeah. I I always thought that like all K dramas for the longest time because uh, I just thought the K drama that like my mom was watching was just like what all K dramas were like, which was just so crazy, depressing. There was one that like put fear in me, which was that it was during like when like North and South Korea were splitting, and like it's about these two girls basically being switched because they get they lose sight of their parents, and so they are put at adoption like an orphanage. And when the dad comes to find his daughter. She happens to be outside and a different girl is like, oh, she's dead. Like, I'm your daughter now. And I remember thinking like… How that, old are these girls? These girls are supposed to be like eight years old. And they're already like… Lying. Like Shakespearean <laughs> in their evilness. Like they're, it's like like Lady Macbeth level. Well, I guess like that character's motivation, that girl was basically… She grew up like really poor and like mistreated by her family. So she's very much like, I'm out for my own. Like, I, I want to get what I want. So like that was her motivation and stuff. But I remember thinking like I could end up at an orphanage and my parents will look for me. And, some and then some bitch. some diabolical, <laughs> you know, 80 yeah. year old will like take your spot. And my dad would be dumb enough to not be like, OK, well, let me take a fucking look around real yeah. quick. Can let I me not the, take also, your word for it and talk to a real employee at this orphanage. Also, you look nothing like me. <laughs> Well, she said, like, I'm not your daughter. Your daughter's dead. So just adopt me and oh, I'll be your daughter. Oh, okay, That's okay. what she said. Yeah. At least ask the doctor. <laughs> like, don't take an eight-year-old's <laughs> word for it that, that your child is dead. He and also, if, if… If he looked out the window, she would have been like, what's yo, up? <laughs> also, let's say that that was true. Let's say that that yeah. was even true. Yes. Right? You're really going to make a decision like that right then and there when when this… in incredibly painful news and realization happens you're not gonna break down and cry before you decide to take another person in like as a kid he was like devastated like he was like you could see him be like are you serious oh my god my daughter and he's like like living in the angst of it all and i wanted to be like look at the window <laughs> i want i want she's i want to punch him literally playing outside Look at the window. <laughs> Look out the window. <laughs> I could not believe. And like you have to understand. I was eight years old. Like I was like the girl's age in the store. And I'm thinking like my dad would not. Like I know him. He wouldn't look out the was window. It, my dad um, would not look out the window. Were they also standing in a perfect cinema? No. This is a very like cinematically oh, shot. Okay, okay, it okay. was actually like, really well done. Like it was a really. I think it was probably good. But I was also like eight years old. So the dramas that I mentioned, yeah. Stove League, Signal, and Sky Castle, don't have any of that. Yeah. So um, watch those. <laughs> but don't watch the last episode of Sky Castle. Okay, got it. I'm not giving anything away, but <laughs> just, <don't> um, <laughs> just letting you know. Just watch up to the second last Is episode. Is that a popular consensus about the last episode? Is that mostly for I you? don't care. No, I'm just curious. Yeah, it's a, it's a very popular consensus. Okay, got it. Okay. Uh, didn't I ever? Did I tell you this story? Like when I was watching the last episode of Sky Castle, 
mind you, like the entire nation was waiting for that episode. Yeah, okay? everyone at work, uh, yeah. my old job was talking about it. So um, more musicians message texted me that day <laughs> than they normally do. Okay, yeah, like even even more than when my album comes out. Okay, that night as I was watching, like twenty minutes in, Crush texts me, right? Uh huh. And Crush is like, he's like, Young, are you watching this? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, what the hell? <laughs> and then um, and then RM texts me. Oh <laughs> really? And he's like, I can't believe it, right? And I'm like, me too. I'm just in awe right now, like. How can they turn the tables on us like this? Like, how can they betray <laughs> the last few months of our lives? You know, and then just a ton of entertainers like texted me because they knew that I was like, watching. Yeah, Tukas and I were into this. Yeah. And I guess they wanted to like confirm their disappointment. Like get get an official like critics. I want to watch a K drama with a Korean person. You are a Korean person. Like Korean Korean who understands all the cultural context that perhaps I would not understand. I mean, I understand it all. Yeah. Right? But the thing is, I just can't watch when two and two people are standing in a perfect beat. Yes, I meant about a good drama. I just meant like, I just want that added, that bonus context. Like from watching a really… Also, I like watching things with people. There are certain dramas that are f***ing amazing. Yeah. You know, and they're being remade in America now. Yeah, a lot. You know, it's not the other way around. Like, they're taking our stuff, mm-hmm. right? Because um, clearly, we're just better at it. <laughs> and, you know, um, like, The Good Doctor. Yeah. That was a Korean drama, mm. right? And um, I think they're going to do something um, with Reply series as well. Oh, I, I know people who've been trying to sell it over there. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of the dramas that we have here… Some of the ideas are very original. And sometimes they'll take an idea from the States and make it even better. Yeah. You know? So um, I'm hoping that… Also, I'm hoping that, you know, like the whole parasite effect… Like, I know that a lot of people are celebra- were celebrating that moment thinking that like it's going to do… You know, I, I've personally seen many, many posts where like people were like, The floodgates are open! Like, you know, like… Yeah. It's time for Asia to take over. <laughs> okay, well. You know? And I'm like, uh, I don't think this moment is… I, I don't think that's the purpose of this moment. Yeah. You know, like to exploit it for our personal gain. I, I you know, I just applaud the picture. But, um, but because of Parasite, I think… Um, a lot of Hollywood studios and networks are probably going to reach out to like a lot of Korean shows to get it remade in the States. And Korean dramas. I guarantee you in the next five years, we're going to see a lot of Korean dramas. We're going to see Reply remade 88. into American um, yeah. shows. And, uh, and, like, and I'm telling you, like, I can't wait till they remake Sky Castle in America. With like the ac- academic like intrigue and like, stuff like in that. Like in like the New England elite family in like Greenwich, Connecticut Yeah, and or then something. someone paying someone off to like get a kid into college. Which is yeah, the which, big scandal that happened yeah, in the that series literally recently. literally happened. <laughs> and then like just crazy things happening. And then hopefully they won't do the last episode though. <laughs> because that I just cannot forgive. Okay. Um, It was just not 
Right. I know a large demo of this podcast listeners are is I'm in that same demo, which is like a little bit like like twenties young adult woman. Um, so, oh, really? Yeah, I didn't know that. So if you guys like rom coms as well, <laughs> I really liked Fight My Way. <laughs> Find my way. Fight my way. What is that? It's with. 한국말로 뭐예요? I have no idea. Fight my way. 누구 나와요? It's with Park Sojun, <laughs> and it came, it came way. out back in like 2017. My way. My 16. way. Oh, it could be that. Yeah, in Korean. Ah, uh, good. Wasn't my way. Oh, I haven't seen that, but yeah, that was really popular. I loved it, and I have a, a thing about like representation of not just like like whatever ethnic representation uh representation of like types of people and i i noticed that a lot of k-dramas is about like the elite class or it's about someone like entering the world of the elite class as like a outsider kind of a thing but this is one of the first ones i saw which was about young like poor young adults who like were struggling to make their way in life and like didn't know what they wanted to do and didn't magically meet someone that solved all their like Financial so it was realistic. problems. It, well, as realistic as, you know, like as a fun, get. bright you know, yeah. rom-com can be. Uh, and I like really liked that it was like each person had like a very much personal, like professional goal. And like the side story was like whatever relationships happen along the way. I'm glad you brought up rom-coms because I realized I can't watch rom-coms anymore. Anymore? At all. Why? So, um, I don't know when exactly this happened, but I realized um, that I, for the life of me, cannot watch a rom-com. I used to love rom-coms where I would watch rom-coms that are, like, not that great. Okay, one of my favorite movies ever was Serendipity. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that rom-com? Uh, I didn't watch it because it was a little older, but I know, like, what it is. Dude, I, I went to see it. And like people hated that I like my friends hated that I took them there to see it. They're like, "What? You want to see a rom com together? Like, why? Why are we squatting up to go see a rom com?" And like, I, I loved Serendipity because I actually I was walking around in New York during one winter, and um, I walked by when they were filming it. I think that was one of the reasons why I wa- wanted to go and see it, but. When I saw it, I loved it. And that's how much… And I think it was critically like… Pretty bad. No. Not bad? Well, it's like 58% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, yo. That's not as bad as a lot of other rom-coms hey, hey. get. On Rotten Tomatoes, you either have over 90 or under 10. Is my <laughs> criteria for watching. Okay? Yeah. But here's the thing. It wasn't a great film, but I loved it because I loved the feeling of that rom-coms gave me, right? But the thing is, I realized that at a certain point, I don't know when it happened. I can't watch rom-coms because it is just by nature. I, I just can't believe it. Yeah. And it's not because it's not realistic or whatever. Here's the thing. You know, like rom-coms at the at the center of it is like whether they're going to get together. Right? That's like, that's what's at stake. Whether they're, they're going to fall in love mm-hmm. or whether they're going to uh, get back together or something like that. And the thing is, 
I think at some point in my life, like I realized that uh, th- that cannot ever be the biggest thing at stake. Yeah. Right? Like a couple getting together or like falling in love. I mean, how is that possibly any more important than the stuff that they're going to run into once they do get together? You know, there's going to be like a ton of things happening that have nothing to do with love or the relationship. It's like volcanoes exploding, okay? It's like meteors and and global warming. (laughs) Zombies. Yeah. Okay, you know when you when you know how you know how you've got dumped because of global warming. <laughs> you know what I mean. You know, you know how you got dumped because a zombie was around. Okay, what I'm trying to say is, rom coms, like the thing at the, stake, the stakes to yeah. you isn't important. Enough. No, it's like just not important to my life at all now, <laughs> right? Because you know I'm I'm not you know I'm married. Yeah. And I have kids, and I've seen I, I've lived enough of the world to realize that. Um, you know, there are incredible struggles waiting for people uh, like that are beyond like, am I going to get with my crush? Or <laughs> or why is this person that's way out of my league? Is she into me? Like these, these rom-coms yeah. just like, there was a, there was a recent rom-com with um, Seth Rogen. Oh, and Charlie Saron. Yeah, what was it called? Uh, it's like something. Yeah, it's about how they're two journalists. No, no, like, no, no. Or... Charlie Saron is a is a political. Uh, no, she's a presidential candidate. Oh. Okay. Yeah. And um and long Seth, shot. Yeah, long shot. Seth Rogen is uh the journalist. Mm-hmm. Okay, that becomes her speechwriter. And the thing is, this was on the plane, and I had seen every other movie that was on the plane. So I watched this one, right? And I think this was the moment that I realized this, that I can't watch rom-coms anymore. Okay, so what's at stake here for the rom-com goer, movie goer, is if Seth Rogen will get with Charlize Theron, right? Because that's what the story is, right? They used to know each other in like, like Charlize Theron was like this straight A student, like, like, and was a, like a tutor. Mm-hmm. And like, anyways, uh, whether you know they're gonna fall in love, I think is what's at stake for the rom com goer. But for me, I'm watching this. I'm like, so is she gonna become the president? Like, is she gonna get elected? And is she gonna become a good president? Like, what are her, her like? <laughs> what are her objectives? Like, yeah. And how is Seth Rogen like? Is this guy gonna be able to help her? Is he gonna be able to? Get over his emotions and his personal, like, you know, like his personal desires to look at the bigger picture. And I'm like thinking about these things instead of focusing on the what's at real, what's at stake for the movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my god, I'm watching this. I'm reading into this movie. I'm like watching it like it, it's a it's a political thriller, as opposed to a rom com, like. Would your wife call you romantic? I used to be the biggest romantic, and <laughs> yeah. that's what she said. But yeah. I'm like, I'm like, holy <laughs> shit! Like, I'm watching Long Shot, like it's like a political thriller, yeah, as opposed to a rom com. 
And you know, I still haven't seen Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah. Because I have, I, because it's a rom com. Yeah. And I'm afraid that I'll watch it hoping that it, it's like something else. Like you're hoping it becomes like succession. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and that's when I realized like rom com just doesn't do it for me now. Like I need the stakes to be much larger. Yeah. And, and that's because to me, that's what, the real world is like. Maybe it's because you found your love, and so that's I not mean, a yeah. big deal anymore. Yeah, it's not I know, a priority. I know. For it's you. a personal thing. Yeah, but this is just your humble brag. No, no, no. no. <laughs> it's also the same when, like, when uh, when someone comes to me for relationship advice. Yeah, they're like, "Oh my god, like, what do I get her for Valentine's Day?" <laughs> and I'm like listening to this, and I'm like. The world is ending. <laughs> I'm like, what does it matter? Oh my God. What kind of chocolates you get? Yeah. Like, come on. Are you kidding me? Yeah. You think Valentine's Day is going to like be the end of everything? Yeah. You know, February 15th comes, you know, the ne- very next day. <laughs> okay. And there are things at stake here. Oh my God. And I realize I can't give relationship <laughs> advice anymore. Don't okay, you guys in my DMs. Don't ask me for relationship advice. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna read into it like it's a political thriller. <sighs> How was your day? <laughs> How was your day, guys? Let us know on the Discord. <laughs> How was your day? Is this enough? Does this do it for you guys? Apparently, it does. Uh, hopefully, you'll be back to the Table Podcast at some point. Uh, let your friends know that this thing exists. Uh, yeah, and also like follow me <laughs> on my Instagram. <coughs> oh my god! Bye. <laughs>